ice water in his veins. I couldn't think of a better place to end the street than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. Guys going down, guys stepping up. That's what football is all about. And they say we can't do it. What they say now. Welcome back to the Clemson Podcast. South Carolina finally scored 63 at Willie B. Hat tip to Charlie Whitehurst. How many games will the Vols win this season? Just the 10 I see. With basketball season upon us, UNC football decided to pack it in. Clemson is 10 and 1, and life is good. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nick, joined today by Ben. We are in Thanksgiving week, uh, coming to you with our Miami game recap, a little bit of a South Carolina game preview here. Um, hope everyone's having a good, relaxing kind of ease into the holiday weekend. Um, and we're glad, glad to have you with us, Ben, a lot, lot going on in the world of college football. Yeah, man. And it's one o'clock on a Wednesday should probably be working instead. I'm put busy on my calendar for an hour and a half, shut down my Microsoft team, shut down my email. We're using the work zoom account to record this. So Life's good. Couldn't be much better. Easing into the holiday weekend, the kicking chicken weekend. Yeah, we um, we waited this week to record. We wanted to see the college football playoff rankings show. That's only half true. We're also just lazy and didn't get around to it. So hey, appreciate everyone's stuff patience. To do, okay, you know, we got, we got, <laughs> we got stuff going on. That's fine. Anyway, people are lucky to get a show this week. But um, good to be here, Ben. I think the Miami game. Um, was a lot of fun for the most part. I mean, there were definitely some some low points that we will get into here, but um, sound Clemson victory, getting back getting back into Death Valley. Um, we'll talk about that. A lot going on around college football. It was a really exciting day. Kind of looked boring on paper, a little chalky that you would have thought, but pretty much the entirety of the top 10 struggled. So, uh, you know, that definitely opened up some new storylines that we'll probably get into here. But let's maybe start with the Miami game. Uh, 40 to 10 Clemson victory. Once again, Clemson turned it over three times in this one. Uh, only led to, I think, seven Miami points, Ben. Um, maybe they did get three on a short field early on in the game. But um, either way, you know, this one wasn't even as close as that that 30 point, you know, margin of victory for Clemson, I thought. Um, and despite, you know, how we were feeling a little bit in the third quarter, um, I really don't know that there is too much that you could complain about in this game as a Clemson fan. Um, for the most part. So I thought it was a pretty, pretty solid victory. Um, you know, I, I think there were some moments maybe where play calling was a little conservative, running the ball in second down, like all those kind of things that we've complained about here this season, definitely reared their head at points in the game. Um, but I, I kind of look at those turnovers as pretty isolated incidents and not really anything that's like, you know, part of a larger trend that we need to worry about. Well, 12 turnovers in the past four games. So I would call that a larger trend. Um, now, in this game, it didn't happen, you know, during crunch time or when the game was, you know, close at all, um, unlike the Notre Dame game where that really unraveled us. But the 12 turnovers in the last four games is concerning. The ball security has been a topic of late. Um, uh, but other than that, I mean, if we're focusing on the first half, I thought the best half of football the, the team has played all year probably. Um, the offense was moving it right up and down the field. The defense was – um, just absolutely phenomenal. What Miami have like a negative 11 yards at halftime or something like that. Something ridiculous. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a half of a game we've been waiting to see, to see all year. Um, of course, uh, I didn't do a very, I, I didn't have a very good weekend betting wise. I took Tennessee minus 21 and a half. You saw that turned out for me. And then at halftime, I took Clemson minus 31 and a half. We ended up at 30, but you take the victory. Um, you take all the, the good things you saw. Anytime you get some Sweeney's and Herb Streets out there on the field, you know it's been a good day for the Tigers. Um, and finally, somebody heard me, somebody listened to me, whether it was Dabo or somebody in the facilities, but they got that orange plastic off the sidelines for this game, and that really saved us a bunch of injuries. 
good to see here at the end of the season. Don't want to see any more injuries happening. Um, other than the ones that, that we suffered in this game, which we can also touch on. So yeah, you, you hit on it, Ben, you know, holding Miami to 98 yards on the total game on the overall game. Um, incredible showing from this defense. Uh, Ja'Cory Brown had a 40 yard run. Will Mallory had a 27 yard reception. You take those two plays away and they had less than 30 yard, roughly 30 yards of offense against us. Ridiculous, ridiculous effort. Um, you know, we'll get into kind of the, the aspects of the team here and the aspects of this game. But um, yeah, pretty sound four quarter effort from the Tigers, which is good to see. Um, definitely also want to shout out, you know, the fans who um, I thought it was a pretty solid home atmosphere. Wasn't a night game or anything, but um, looked looked to be a lot of fun. A little bit colder, you know. It is a late November game, uh, but Death Valley looks to be pretty fun. And it was Senior Day after all, so I think the um, you know the energy was good. Yeah, and I really like how Senior Day was not the South Carolina game. Um, let these guys, you know, get their, um, you know, get get the attention and get their send off in a game that doesn't have the same high stakes. Obviously it is a high stake game at this point. We have to win every game uh, to have a ch- uh, hope at the playoffs, but you know, with all the emotions um, that generally comes with rivalry, we playing against South Carolina, I did appreciate how this one happened. And I can't recall if we've done this in the past. I, I thought that we've done senior day on uh, during the South Carolina game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but no, we have. Yeah. I mean, I remember Will Muschamp being upset about, Dabo subbing in guys late in the game when he was getting his ass kicked. Like, yeah, well, now and now, um, Sean Beamer is gonna know what that feels like. That's right. We should do it anyway. Get some, get as many Sweeney's on the field as we can. Shane Beamer, whatever. I've been terrible with names these past couple weeks. I mean, not that any of these people really matter. Um, but at least I get the Clemson folks right. We'll see. I'll do today. It's daytime, so hopefully I should do better. But Shane, I mean. A few days after we messed up Drake May's name, he can't complete a pass to win the game against Georgia Tech. So there we go. You know, it's the podcast curse, Sean Beamer. Yeah. Um, Well, Ben, let's let's dig into this game a little bit. Let's start out with the offense. Um, As you mentioned, you know, the first half of this game, I thought Clemson had a great scripted offense. You know, coming down the field, Uh, DJ looked in command of this this offense. They're really rotating carries between DJ, Will Shipley, and Phil Moffa in the first half. Um, so, you know, solid solid across the board offensively. Clemson putting up 24 points in the first half um, in this one. And you even started to see, I mean, there were, there were fun wrinkles early on happening. Like they were getting, what is it, Luke Price. Luke Price caught his, you know, first pass in three years. I think it's his first touchdown as a Tiger. Usually he would be in on Trevor Lawrence, you know, rushing touchdown plays. Um, as a lead blocker H back, but um, across the board, I thought, you know, solid offensive effort, especially in the first half. Yeah, it was, it was great to see, you know, the team has actually been really good. I think on the, the, the scripted drives and like the first two drives of the game, the uh, games this year, outside of the Notre Dame game, uh, I thought they've been really efficient. And I thought that game plan has been good. It's been as the game has gone along, they've had to adapt to what the defense is doing that it seems to have struggled a little bit. But in this game, they kept the, you know, the, the foot on the gas throughout the entirety of the first half. And even in the second half, like we would have put up a ton of points if it wasn't for the the stupid turnovers and, you know, a missed uh, ball over the middle to Brandon Spector. So the, the, the building blocks are there. We just yet to put it together really for, for, um, four quarters, but as we saw last year, heading into the South Carolina game, going into Williams Price, like you were a little bit concerned still, based on what we've seen from the team all year. But you, you know, you go thirty to nothing on them in their home stadium, and then we go on to blow out Wake Forest in the um, in the uh, well, it was the game prior to that, right? Blew out Wake yeah. Forest and then thirty nothing against South Carolina. So really strong finish to the season. So I'm hoping to see the same this year. Again, the building blocks are there. At this point, it's the mistakes that we really need to clean up on, and that really is ball security. We cannot continue to do that. But um, if we hold on to the ball, this offense is really starting to, to, to move and put stuff together. Um, and how about that first drive? Every ball thrown was over the middle, and the last one being to a tight end over the middle. So maybe somebody else, again, has been listening to the podcast as we really pled um, or pleaded for the tight ends to get involved in throwing the ball over the middle in the last episode. Saw it today. Yeah, and I mean, if Davis Allen doesn't drop drop that or have that fumble caused, and I mean, I, I credit the Miami 
defender on that. That was like the perfect hit to dislodge that ball. Um, he could have held it a little bit tighter. Um, yeah, a little more ball security from Davis Allen. But and there could um, have been, there, you know, we had three turnovers in this game. There could have been two more. Brenning School coughed one up that Antonio Williams picked out the air, and then Antonio Williams also muffed a punt that was fortunately covered up. Um, again, all of these things occurring in the second well, half. So we really need and to Shipley, up and, and keep Sh- up Shipley had Shipley had another one come loose. I forget who jumped on that ball. Um, maybe he did, but yeah. Again, you're right. Like ball security across the team a matter of focus hopefully you know in the week building up to south carolina here um dj's pick i also thought that was that was not great um he has he his overall interceptions are you know as a percent of touchdowns obviously down year on year um really hasn't been like a lingering issue too much but yeah. to and your I point then randall hmm. it was a little bit high and away from him but it seemed like he kind of pulled up on that route and didn't go through with it and could have left to try to, I don't know, get a hand on that ball. Um, but it was a little high and wide um, on DJ Sparks for, for sure. But overall, the it's not the interceptions that have bothered me this year. I think DJ has made a lot of really good decisions in the passing game. Um, but, you know, put the ball on the ground five times in this game, we really have to clean that up. Or a team like South Carolina, who you saw what they did against uh, Tennessee last week, you know, they can sneak up and beat you in your own house. Same thing against North Carolina, even though they lost to Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. You know, those things can come back to bite you in your, in, in your ass. So um, just got to clean those things up. But um, otherwise, I thought the offense had a really good day. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the third quarter was just the dead zone with a missed field goal from um, UT Potter and then the three the three turnovers. I mean, if you look at the quarters, 14 points, first quarter, 10 points, second quarter, 14 in the fourth, I'm right there with you. Like, I think the third quarter was the anomaly likely would have put up a touchdown, two touchdowns plus, you know, if not for those turnovers where they were on the field. So offense is looking solid, you know, clean up the mistakes, hopefully have some more ball security moving forward. And apparently these last two games are going to be against potent offenses. We really do need this Clemson team to be able to score in bunches who knows if the game script doesn't really go our way, maybe playing with the deficit. Um, but I feel like where the passing game is, we know the running game is solid. Um, I'm starting to feel more and more confident about this offense as we head into the, the latter stretch of this season. Yeah. And I'm not going to go and call South Carolina a potent offense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Tennessee has one of the worst defenses in college football. And I think the numbers bear that out. Um, and then North Carolina would only put up what they lose to Georgia Tech like twenty one. They, they scored fourteen or maybe 14. it was twenty one seventeen something, yeah, something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah. which was super. We're weird. a better defense than Georgia Tech. Yeah, so absolutely. Yes. But you know, I mean, coming back to the offense here, um, where was this play calling and all these wrinkles against Notre Dame? Um, like that that game really is starting to stand out as an anomaly to me instead of. Um, kind of a gut check of how good we actually are. Um, you know, I think we play that game again. And they, I mean, nine out of 10 times, like that'd be the one time they beat us by that much. Um, right. But the play calling in this game, just the complexity that's been thrown in there. Again, we talked about the passes over the middle, getting the ball to the tight ends, um, pre-stat movement. Um, there wasn't really any downfield passing in this game, except for the, the balls over the middle. Um, so I'd love to see that you know, that'd be a wrinkle that gets thrown in there just to keep teams honest. But I mean, give, you know, take what the defense gives you. And I think going up against South Carolina, it is going to start with the running game um, and then keep improving on the things that we have been in in the passing game. And I'll I'll say another thing. Um, Well, one DJ running in this game. Um, I, (laughs) I mentioned this and it's funny that, that what was it? Bringstool came out mentioning how uh, they call him dead, like DJ, but his juke moves, it's like, it takes like 10 seconds for like the decision in his head, you know, the formulates in his brain to travel all the way down to his legs. Um, because it seems so the DBs close. bite on it. Yeah. And like linebackers works, and DBs. like he makes guys mm-hmm. miss. It's, it's hilarious and amazing at the same time. So, and again, where was that in Notre Dame game? So, um, yeah. but Lastly, kind of with him, I think one thing that's really gone under the radar and improved this game, but you really did see in this game work really well, um, his ball fakes, play fakes to, to running backs has become so much um, 
uh, he sells it so much better uh, than mm -hmm. he was last year. Whereas last year he was kind of half-assing it, trying to get the ball back and get ready to pass the ball. So he wasn't really fooling anybody, but you saw it several times in this game um, where it really worked well, drew the defenders in the second level in and then opened the, the field up over the middle. Um, I think there was the, um, it might've been the, the first touchdown to Davis Allen where they bid on that. So a lot of improvement there from DJ and overall for him and this offense, for them to bounce back the way they have from the Notre Dame game and not really let that get in their heads. It has been, um, commendable to see that from them again got to tighten up the, the the turnovers and and ball security issues but yeah i love it i also love sh the the plays with ship and moth on the field at the same time yeah they're potent duo um optimally they're blocking for one another and helping out so that'd be good Maybe the last thought on dj ben um, dan orlovsky was the color announcer on this broadcast um, actually the week prior when he was studying Clemson film, heading up into our game, first of all, I think Dan Orlovsky is a great announcer, um, seems to be pretty impartial, pretty unbiased and actually studies the teams and, you know, doesn't just work off of rhetoric and narrative, but actually, you know, looked at what Clemson's been doing, had a lot of good things to say about Streeter for this season so far. Uh, but he identified something Clemson's been doing, which is more like a pass run option where it's like a pass first send the receivers out. DJ has a couple of different reads. And if those aren't there, the option is he can run with the ball. And that only really works when our offensive line can hold against their, their defensive line and linebackers have fallen back into coverage. Um, but you did start to see that play out a little bit in this Miami game. And I mean, DJ had 17 carries was averaging a clip, you know, five yards a clip um, on those carries uh, with, with a couple of longer runs. Um, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that I don't think will work if we do sneak into the playoff against like a Georgia, but you know, when we need the right type of yards, especially on passing downs, um, DJ can scurry for eight, 10 yards if needed. Yeah. Well, and then there's another thing too. Um, you talk about the improvement of the offensive line play. Um, it, there has been a noticeable, noticeable improvement all year. Um, I think we all, felt at the beginning of the year and even last year the pass blocking was decent to good i think that's gotten a, a ton better and now the run blocking is, is starting to get a push um and again i think it's um pulling guards and stuff like that just as these guys have gelled and become more comfortable i think you can get more complex with the play calling that goes down to the schematics from the what the offensive linemen are doing you know all the way out to the wide receivers and, and your playmakers so really unfortunate to see marcus tate go down in this game um is Mitchell Mays going to be his backup? No. Um, Mitchell Mays plays over on the right side. I think he he came in to back up Miller um, when he was out for a few a, plays. To back up Walker Parks, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, who's on the backup duties. We should probably look that up for Marcus Tate. Um, yeah, you expect some type of a drop-off, right? Yeah, well, and you just hope, you know, depth was the issue um, early in the season, and that's what you've seen these um, starters, you know, go most of the way all season long. But, um, you know, hopefully at this point that we, we do have guys that have, you know, been able to get some um, experience and continue to improve over the year. We just have to make it through these next two games against defenses that are not that great um, and then continue to bring guys along um, in the break between – um, you know, the ACC championship game and what is hopefully a college football playoff appearance. I think it's John Williams or Bryn Tucker are going to be the backups at left guard. Okay. Um, John Williams then. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah. hundred percent, Ben, you know, I think Marcus Tate will be done for the year. So it's like, get these guys some good reps the next two weeks, hopefully, you know, be game for a tougher defensive matchup. No, they do have, uh, it is Mitchell Mays going to be in there at left guard. Um, he's first up on the depth chart. Oh, cool. Uh, for the South. There you go. So, um, again, they, they, you know, these guys cross train positions. I think Mitchell Mays has been the guy that we've seen in the most this year. Yeah. Um, whether it be in mop up duty or just, you know, kind of, you know, subbing in during games, some guys need a breather. So, um, yeah, this overall, this, this offensive line seems to be growing up. 
um, before our eyes this season, a lot to improve upon still, but again, it's the turnovers aren't on them. Um, so yeah, you really the, limit those. And this offense looks kind of really good. <laughs> I mean, there were limit the DJ it. fumble happened on a whiff from McFadden, right? Like that was like a blind side. He had a couple whiffs this fumble. game and that's a, yeah. you know, going to be an NFL caliber, um, tackle. Yeah. Hopefully clean those up. I mean, I'm sure they had their best pass rusher on that side of the ball against Miami. I think I think we had a similar situation happen against Louisville. Probably the same thing. So either way, I mean, J-Max done a good job over there at left tackle. That's not his natural position. And he's held it down there for two seasons now. So, um, you know, much more good to say about his effort than, than these mistakes. They happen. Hell, Mitch Hyatt, you know, did wasn't batting a thousand over there at the left tackle position way back when. How about cool. Kobe Pace getting Kobe Pace back for this game? Yeah, it's nice, Ben. I mean, we we uh, saw him get involved a little bit in the passing game, a little bit more than rushing. I mean, he had five carries, not too many yards, but um, the one attempt or the one reception he had for 10 yards, like we actually saw five completions to running backs in this game. That's something I've been calling for here on the podcast. Uh, good to see Pace back. He definitely you know, offers you a different, different set, like set of skills or athleticism than I think Mafa and Shipley do. So, um, you know, really good to see him be able to come back this season. Uh, Cause I know that was a disappointment for him, you know, being injured most of the year. That's good. Got in um, the end zone. So good for him there. Um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned the five passes to the running back. So we had eight completions to tight ends. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, distributing I mean, the ball is good. I'll be, it, you know, I'm kind of waiting on my phone call from Dabo here for some open <laughs> coaching positions. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's busy with Thanksgiving and it's coming. Right. Yeah, it's just, I mean, we're, I'm down with distributing the ball where we can make plays. Um, you would really like to see the receivers step up a bit more. I mean, just the number, Ryan Cantor had actually a good article this year about, you know, the, the lack of receivers putting up, you know, that many yards this season or getting that many catches. Um, I think it is because we're distributing the ball a little bit more to the tight ends. Clemson is much more of a run heavy team this season, especially with DJ running the ball. Um, and really, yeah, there just hasn't been an emergence of a solid receiver. I mean, yeah, I think I mean, Antonio they're... Williams has been great, but he's not going to put up a thousand yards this year, unfortunately. He will next year. Um yeah, well, and guys, oh. you know, having the dropsies earlier in the season, not getting open, but it's continued to evolve as the season's gone along. It's good to see Adam Randall continue to get in there and get some playing time. He had a catch, that really nice catch on the um, along the sideline on Saturday, which was actually a pretty, like, you know, it was a fake draw, and then DJ pulled up and threw it to him, which I thought was a, a great play call. Um, yeah, yeah, overall, really pleased with the play call. Now, it's... It's one thing to show that when you're going up a deep, uh, against a defense, the likes of Miami or what we expect South Carolina to be a, or North Carolina to be. We also see what happens when you go up against a really good defense in Notre Dame. So easy to call plays when all yeah. your talent on the field just really outshines and outclasses your opponents. But when you do go up against comparable competition, that's when it really needs um, – that's where it really needs to improve and become more effective – we're not going to see that here throughout the end of the regular season and ACC championship game, what the playoff or a, you know, potential new year six bowl game holds. That'll be a different story. So um, yeah, well, we'll yeah, it's we'll like see. when we need, when we need a third down and long, what's that go-to play call? Like who yeah. is that guy on the field? If I'm a defense, I am disrupting Antonio Williams and making DJ find another outlet, another option. Um, maybe it's Cole Turner then. Maybe that's the missing piece. Well, or you're bringing pressure, knowing that it takes our guys a while to get open. And if you can get pressure on DJ, he doesn't have the best escapability as a quarterback. Downfield running yeah. game has been doing great. Escapability is not really there. That's something where Klubnik um, is a much better athlete in that regard. Yeah. Um, but DJ is our starter, as he should be. Um, yep. So, Yeah. We, I think over the next two games, what you want to see is just a consistent offense for four quarters of the game, really limit the turnovers and put up. There's no reason why we shouldn't put up 40 plus points on these last two remaining opponents. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer about Cade, Ben. Um, I don't really know that there was any sense this season redshirting Cade. I've heard people call for that. Not very many, but, you know, the lunatic fringe of the fan base. I mean, he's not going to be a five-year guy either way. Like, even if he takes over the job next year, he's not a four-year starter from that point. So I don't really mind burning the red shirt. I just think, like, the game states that did not allow us to have leads, you know, such that you could really get Kate in there, not just in mop-up duty handing the ball off, but actually, like, running with first-team receivers and O-linemen and letting him earnestly pass the ball to try to get those reps, like... I lament the fact that we haven't been able to see that happen for Cade yet. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't think that was, I, I don't think red shirting was ever really on the table this year, special, especially with uh, uh, Vizina coming in next year. So um, that said, oh. you know, we, we're going to have a good quarterback room next year, uh, depending on what DJ yeah, ends up deciding to do um, mm-hmm. and lack of anybody transferring. So, um, we know club mix a baller. He's a very competitive guy. So I would not expect him to leave even with Vecina coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, just no, nobody can deny that DJ has improved, uh, greatly from the beginning of last year in that Georgia game to where we're at this year. And the same thing with the offense as a whole, um, again, <laughs> turnovers and then the play calling and the breakdowns against, um, superior defenses is where it has to get better. This is not an elite offense by any stretch of the imagination at this point, nor is it going to be at, yeah. at any point this year. Um, but we do have a pretty elite defense and a um, competent and capable offense. So I think with those two things combined, I'm not saying national championship. That's, I don't even think that's uh, in the picture um, at all this year. I think a playoff berth is. I would still expect we'll probably get beat in that first playoff game. Will it be a blow off blowout? not going to say that right now it depends on who the opponent yeah. opponent is and again we have a couple other games to see improvement but take it one at a time ben yeah take like, it one game at a time could a potential and, win be in, in store and you all of a sudden you're in the 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 championship game nobody would have seen that coming and hell um you know going 12 and one with an acc championship game and your one loss on the road to notre dame everybody would have taken that at the beginning of the year i think the only thing that rubs people the wrong way and deservedly so um is how that Notre Dame game unfolded. Yeah. So otherwise been a pretty successful season so far, but there's still some work to do. Well, and name me a Clemson season in the last seven, eight years where we weren't complaining about them, not putting opponents away early or, you know, putting everything out there on the field. Like it's happened every year, including national championship seasons. Difference being there was a Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence under center. Yeah. Who you knew could rise to the occasion in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is going to be my focus. Yeah. My focus here is getting better each week. We're going to get Bo Bo Collins back this week. It looks like he's on the depth chart. Um, So good to see that, you know, he had a, what I thought was maybe a, it was a shoulder injury, but maybe a collarbone, hopefully not um, that he sustained in the Notre Dame game blocking and uh, good to see him come back, you know, get him back in there. Solid receivers got good chemistry with DJ he can be a deep downfield threat. Um, let's not forget, Ben, the first like five, six weeks of the season, DJ was like the advanced stats leader in downfield passing accuracy and ex- explosive plays. Um, you may not think that, you know, looking back on this season. Well, the advanced could be, stats take into account the drops, right? What should pretty sure they catches. do. Yeah. yeah, catchable catchable balls. Like they don't penalize DJ for drops is, is how that works. Um so yeah, you know, the, there's an explosive offense lurking here. Um, just got to put it all together. And what better time than this weekend against South Carolina? Yep. Um, there's no reason to keep anything under wraps at this point on the offense. Just go. Well, ahead that's and- the thing. Like we need style points right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think enough analysts have been paying attention to like everyone just looks at Clemson and like, oh, they struggled. They turned it over three times. They had that sluggish. There was a 16 point game at one point, like really quick to pick it apart. Not no one's really looking at how dominant the team was, you know, on drives where they did not turn it over. And then you got to look at the whole picture. They did turn it over. I'm not saying ignore that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just we're, we have a, what were we ranked eighth? We're at eighth right now. Um, yep. 
got a lot of, lot of distance to make up, a lot of ground to make up, you know, in the rankings. Um, it's probably going to end up being a judgment call against the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game. And it's like, you got to put style points up here. Yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, do everything within your power, right? The other things you can't control, but what you can control is going out there and playing your best game and, and yeah. really burying teams and put teams away that are clearly inferior um, to the product that you have on the field. Um, I would love 100%. to see us do that. And like you said, no, no, no better time to start that than this weekend in Death Valley against the South Carolina team, who's French top 25 right now, coming off that huge win against Tennessee. They've got another ranked win at Kentucky earlier this year, albeit without their starting quarterback and Kentucky's. Eh. Um, but, you know, still, it, it, it matters. It's going to help our strength of uh, record, strength of the schedule. Um, and as many people have said, you know, that, that win against Tennessee is going to be a wake-up call for this Clemson Tiger team, and specifically the defense seeing as how they put up 63 points against um, a very yeah. terrible defense. No, like <laughs> that, that result was great for Clemson in a lot of different ways. I think the obvious one is yeah. it got Tennessee up out of there ahead of us in the rankings. Yep. Um, Thanks, we were not. Yeah, thank you for that. We were not expecting Vanderbilt to take care of business against them, although maybe they will. Henry Hooker's out now. Like Vanderbilt just beat Florida. So Vanderbilt TB. won like their first two SEC games in like four years or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. So, but I think the bigger benefit here is that, oh yeah, you know, this is not going to be a pillow fight against South Carolina. Like they're a stout opponent, any given Saturday kind of mindset um, going into this game and we need it. So um, I do expect Clemson to come in crisp. We will have to see kind of what the game script looks like. Um I'm not, you know, let we can flip it over to the defense here in a second, but um, I like this matchup for the Tigers. Let's just say that. I think you're going to see a lot of film off and Will Shipley on Saturday. Yep. Some Kobe pace too, hopefully. Yeah. Well, let's flip it to the D. So we don't need to dwell too much on this one, Ben. Um, 10 points allowed by our defense. I think you could credit, you know, a good amount of the, the short fields that Miami had to score those points on the three turnovers um, in the third quarter. Um, and then late in the fourth, obviously, is when they scored. Or early on in the fourth, coming off of turnovers late in the third. Um, but yeah, in this one, I think this is the first game, Ben, where we saw Trenton Simpson move back out to the Sam linebacker position, Barrett Carter, was playing um, at the will position the week prior um, against, was it in the Louisville game? Yeah, I think so. When, um, um, yeah, when Simpson was out. And right. So, um, you know, Simpson had moved from that Sam spot from last year to the will spot this year. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier in the season that I thought this is one of the best linebacking cores that I've, I've seen at Clemson. And um, they weren't quite living up to that this year. And part of it was, I think, Simpson not really being comfortable at that will position. But, you know, stroke of luck would have it. Him being out in that Louisville game allows Carter to get tested out at the will. And we all saw what he did in that game. He continued, um, you know, to, to ball out in this game. Simpson was all over the place, got his, I think, first, um, I think he had half a sack before that or half or um uh, half a tackle for loss or something like this this year. And then in this game, he had two sacks, two, sacks. two tackles yeah. for losses. And then, um, uh, you know, Trotter in the middle had a monster game as well. Um, he was in the backfield a lot. Um, <laughs> seven, yeah. seven solo tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, um, uh, one pass deflection. So, just the linebacking core is really, really starting to come together. And this defense is looking monstrous at this point. Um, just go back and look at um, even against in the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame's offense wasn't doing a ton. A lot of that came with like short fields or, um, you know, you know, from issues with the, the offense coughing up the ball. Um, but they're really rounding into form. And that was with Brisset out in this game is going to be back for the South Carolina game as he was getting over strep throat. Um, yep. nine sacks in the last two games for this, for this defense. So, uh, Spencer Garter snake Rattler may have had, you know, a, a career day against Tennessee in this last one. Um, and it, 
good for them. You know, they can come yeah. in riding high on the emotions of what was a really good victory for, for the South Carolina team against a really good overall Tennessee football team. But I think they're going to be brought down back to earth this week because um, they're going to be facing one of the most dominant defenses in college football um, that is really starting to play up to the potential that we knew they had coming into this year. Yeah, Ben, um, you know, a few other things that that linebacker kind of position shifting can do. I think we've started to see RJ Mickens play a bigger role, come in as a nickel cornerback, <laughs> um, which, you know, I think safety has been a position. I don't think Tyler Venable has played this last week. So they played a lot more nickel. Well, he's um, remember he, he tore up his hamstring on the orange, yeah. the aforementioned orange plastic. So he's out for, um, little while maybe back for the ACC championship game, but otherwise for a bowl game. Right. So yeah, you've got, you've got kind of Mickens playing in that role, obviously Makuba, um, you know, who Makuba is very solid. You know, he's, he's been great for Clemson. I think as kind of running him out there strictly as a, you know, kind of a pass coverage DB um, has left something to be desired. But um, I think the Mickens, the move with Mickens has been strong. And then we're rotating guys in and out at the corner position. Toriano pride had a critical, critical sack in this game. Uh, that was great to see from that guy, you know, young dude earning his stripes. And then uh, Nate Wiggins, no relation to Corin Wiggins continues to be strong at the, at the cornerback position uh, with, with one pass defense in this game. So um, you're right. Like up and down, you know, this defense is starting to get to take on that eliteness that we were hoping to see. Um, and man, Nate would I love to see it with Brzee you know, be, be really disruptive there in the front. And, and Nate Wiggins, you know, some of his poor open field tackling aside, which um, he had one, you know, good open field tackle in this game and um, a couple of his busts in coverage and getting beat overall has really been one of the most consistent uh, out there on the field at the cornerback position this year, which is why you see him to continue to start games. Uh, for us and again we all it just goes back to the struggles with the injuries at the beginning of the year and um, you know issues kind of with um, well Malcolm Green now being out uh, for the rest of the year and Fred Davis not being available for his off the field issues and now an injury um, really gave those young guys who have phenomenal potential um, has given them a breadth of experience over the, out the course of the year. So where we're not having to plug them in now with very little experience towards the end of the year, they're really seasoned at this point. Um, and you've seen the product on the field, the pass coverage has gotten better. Um, we've really been limiting, um, you know, big plays lately. And this defense is really, really over the past few games, starting to play in the backfield more, which is, um, great to see and has to be frightening for opposing offensive coaches. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look back at the Spencer Rattler Tennessee game, the reason they were able to put up 63 points, not only due to short field stuff with turnovers and good special teams play, um, but they were like Tennessee's defensive line, which is normally pretty good, was not getting home against South Carolina's offensive line. Clemson's a much more talented top to bottom defense, you know, at all three levels, and our defensive line is better. So, I mean, certainly there's a world where if our D line, you know, rests on its laurels and doesn't play with intensity, maybe Spencer Rattler can pick you apart a little bit. It's not something I want to test out. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're too talented up front, too good in the trenches on defense, and um, also too talented on the back end. Clemson, you know, I, I want to reference Alex Kraft. He put out a good post today. First film review I remember reading from Alex in a while. He actually broke down the South Carolina Tennessee game from the. Gamecocks offense, Tennessee defense standpoint. Um, suffice to say, like South Carolina picked on man coverage, Clemson plays zone. South Carolina does have good athletic receivers. That plays into our our skill set or our strength, you know, with with solid zone concepts. Um, so in that regard, you know, I think, yeah, maybe one on one on an island, you could question our our DBs and our secondary, um, but I don't think um, Rattler's going to have all day to throw against us and. I think Wes Goodwin's going to help the team out just in, you know, kind of the play calling and, and how the formations are set up to really not allow that to, to break us. And I think there's, it's still an awful lot to ask South Carolina kind of their infancy stage of the, 
of the Shane Beamer, Beamer era, which will probably last for like another two years, um, <laughs> to really put together two absolutely complete games in a row. Um, right. And they certainly did that against Tennessee. Um, you know, Tennessee's weaknesses on defense aside, they, they still nine, you go down and score, uh, you know, touchdowns and nine out of 10 of your drives in the game. Um, that is, you know, something to, to celebrate for them and, and for the rest of the college football world, or at least, you know, specifically the Clemson team that does get your attention. But I could also, I could see this game going the complete opposite way and them scoring one out of 10 times. Um, or at least touchdowns on one out of 10 drives in this upcoming game. I think this Clemson defense is just a completely different monster. Um, they're going to be in Death Valley, not in the friendly confines of um, of williams Bryce. And um, our orange is just better. It's not like sissy weak like Tennessee's. Yeah. So it's just more metal, you know? Right. It's good. Yeah, I mean, Clemson can take the ball away too. You know, we had yeah. turn, two turnovers in this game, um, heads up play from Jalen Phillips, and then uh, the turnover recovered by, who was it? Uh, or fumble, sorry, was recovered by, um, oh, I'm spacing now. Um, Trey Williams. Trey Williams, yeah, it was in the trenches. So um, anyway, yeah, great, great to see you from the defense. Um, really didn't need to be too much too many adjustments made by West Goodwin in this one, you know, um, Tyler Van Dyke was not available for this game. Ja'Cory Brown played Jake Garcia got in there a little bit, uh, from them just not again, 98 yards, like incredible performance by this defense, you know, really a, a legendary game. This had to be their best game, you know, as a defensive unit on the season by far, I thought the NC state game was a great statement win for the defense as well. Uh, but yeah, this one was special. Yeah, now listen, Miami's not exactly a world beater. They're what five and six now, three and four in the conference. Very disappointing season for Cristobal down there. Um, yeah, but you know, still not to take anything away from this football team, specifically the defense. They went out there and they held them to one point three yards rush, seven point six yards pass. Um, you know, and like you said, ninety eight yards of, of total offense. You know, that's less than twenty five a quarter, if my you know Clemson math is correct. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just a, a phenomenal performance. This has been a unit that has continued to get better and improve as the season's gone along, even uh, being able to work through the injury bug, um, getting perceived back for this game um, is going to be helpful. Is he still really back into playing shape because he was still trying to work himself back after his absence um, early middle of the season? Um, and strep, strep throat can't help the cardio, yeah. I imagine. Um, Too but much. you know, there's other, you know, there's other horses in there at the defensive tackle position too. Rook has been, um, really underrated and amazing. I think this year you're seeing, um, guys like, uh, you know, Peyton page get in there more, get some more playing time. And then, you know, Tyler Davis has just been quietly doing what Tyler Davis does, um, all season long. And, uh, amazing to see this is like the first full healthy year. I feel like we've gotten out of him um knock on wood so um yeah i i'm not expecting that south carolina is going to have near the same level of success as they experienced last week against the volunteers yeah definitely now whether clemson is also able to you know hold serve and put up a bunch of points i think if i'm going to bet anything in this game ben i mean i like clemson against the spread but i think i like the under 52 more overall but we'll see. Yeah, 50, um, under 52. Yeah, I think so. Like 52 and a half. Right. Okay, yeah. Clemson 52 to nothing sounds about right to me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there we go. Still hit the under, covering though. covering the spread. Definitely, I think, covering the spread in this game. Um, yeah, really, it's 14 and a half. You know, for uh, two, so you get... Yeah, for two <laughs> reasons. One is I believe strongly in this defense, I think. Um, that was a little bit of anomaly last week against Tennessee for the South Carolina offense. And I really do think this Clemson offense is really starting to put things together. I've been encouraged what I've seen by the play across the field and the play calling. It's just tighten up those damn turnovers um, and, you know, play a complete game. Yeah, I mean, it's also a noon game, Ben. Like, road game for South Carolina. Are they going to have a hangover effect in that Tennessee game? Like, let's come out, punch them in the mouth, see what they're made of. I think Spencer Rattler is going to fold. 
Yeah, I want to see us go up 14 to nothing. You know, those, you know, first two scripted drives just really put it together by the offense and, you know, a couple three and outs or, you know, quick stops by the defense. And then all of a sudden you have all the momentum going your way. You demoralize a South Carolina team that kind of gets brought back down to earth. And then you just go from there and just, you know, again, keep keep the foot on the gas throughout the game. Like you mentioned, we need style points. Right. Um, and, you know, no reason to start throwing backups in necessarily in the you know late in the second half early third quarter either uh, you know as in like third string depth and above or below yeah, keep, keep this keep drew sweeney on the bench till the fourth quarter he'll get in there then but yeah, yeah. agreed he also get he gets in there plenty to, to hold the football on the on the field goals so right exactly um all right well uh I don't have too much to share in terms of special teams. Uh, Want to shout out one player, Clemson player, Banks Pope had a tackle. Some it's somewhere in the special teams. I think that's a great name, Banks Pope. Congratulations! Yeah, there's a few guys pop up in the in the box score this week, and I'm like, who? Banks Pope, Cole Turner, saw him out there. It's um, Nolan's brother. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, Luke Price, obviously. Um, so yeah, good to finally start to empty the bench a little bit against the right. team. Um, I mean, hell, um, and I didn't notice this, but Jonathan Jonathan White's one for one on extra points must have kicked the last extra point. Yeah, I don't know what um, Robert on the third was doing. Maybe he's injured, or maybe we're just not. Maybe it's a red shirt situation with RG three two point but. Yeah, Jonathan Whites. All right, congratulations. Um, all right, Ben. Sound forty to ten victory for Clemson uh, against Miami this last weekend. It was its three thirty game across college football. A lot of action this week. You really saw number one Georgia struggle with Kentucky. Number two Ohio State really need until the last series to seal it against Maryland on the road. Michigan was at home. Struggled with Illinois, needed a referee no call on a clear pick play to go down and kick the deciding field goal to come back against Illinois. Uh, TCU, what an insane game. I know you were watching that. We were texting throughout. Baylor gave them fits. I think Baylor turtled at the wrong moment. Um, and But kudos to TCU for pulling off that, that harrying uh, field goal attempt at the very end that went through and sealed that victory for them. Um, and all that played out pretty much before our game started. Right. I know Ohio state was at the same time, but um, yeah, there was a lot, it felt like a sleepy Saturday, but it absolutely wasn't. And then I was like, okay, at least we got like the USC UCLA game later. Like maybe that'll go our way. Uh, but before that could happen, you had the South Carolina, Tennessee result for the number five team going down. So that was crazy. We, we almost had one of the craziest days in college football history with all these teams, you know, needing to come back to win their games. Um, could have been amazing still, you know, get one team out of there that was standing between us and the playoff. Um, UC USC did beat UCLA. I watched most of that game. Um, USC relies so much on the turnover from their defense. You know, if not for that, UCLA was scoring like at will on them. So I don't know. USC plays Notre Dame coming up here. They're probably going to face off against either Oregon or Washington in the Pac-12 championship. They've got a really potent offense, so I don't know if any of those teams can necessarily stop them. Um, Notre Dame to go go to the West Coast and do that is going to be a tall task. But um, I guess, like, you know, we could talk about the games here, which games you you enjoy the most. But I think if we t if we turn our attention a little bit more to the rankings and kind of where things are in the polls and that kind of thing, like for Clemson to fall into the or get up into the top four, I think we're going to need. A decisive Big Ten, uh, I'm sorry, decisive the game this weekend between Ohio State and Michigan, uh, where it's like a clear victory by the, the winner. Um, then I think Clemson would be put in over the loser of that game. You know, if it's a really close game, maybe not. I think we can look at that in isolation and maybe think that, but let's say Clemson wins out, um, wins an ACC championship game, ends at uh, 12 and one. And then the loser of this game ends up at 
11 and one and Clemson's lone loss is to Notre Dame, who is a ranked team right now. And if Notre Dame goes on to beat USC um, in Los Angeles this weekend, then that's yeah, is it more of a quality loss. So right. I put a, a conference champion uh, in above this Ohio state, uh, Michigan, um, the loser of that game. So what if it's yeah. Ohio state though, Ben, cause they beat Notre Dame. That's the only thing. That's why I think Clemson fans are Ohio state fans this weekend. Like are yeah. well, are, and I think, I think Ohio state is going to, um, where is that game? Is it in the, it's in Columbus. it's in Columbus. No, it's in Columbus. Okay. Yeah. It's at the shoe. I feel really good about Ohio state handling mission Michigan. It may not look like uh, a blowout, but I think it could certainly be dominance. Um, I think Michigan has a tough time scoring and Ohio state can put up points. It may be like a, you know, 28 to 10 game or something like that um, where Ohio state really just dominates and is in full control or even like 28 to 13, 28 to 17. I could totally see that happening where it's still a, a dominant performance by Ohio state, but yeah, I think you do have to pull for Ohio State this weekend. I think overall, we're going to go back and look at this week. This past weekend has the potential for the one that we go back and look back to as the one we're like, damn, it, we were so yeah. close in so many areas. Like, even if another one of those games goes the other way, then that, you know, that would have, that really would have increases our odds mm -hmm. because we need yeah. less things to fall into place this weekend and in conference championship weekend. So, Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there's four, there's four spots. You can basically pencil Georgia in and I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to beat LSU in the SEC title game. Yeah. And they're going to beat Georgia tech this week. So they're going to be number one, you know, even if Ohio state bludgeons Michigan and moves into number one, like Ohio state's then going to play Iowa. Like they're going to cough that number one seed right back to Georgia when they beat LSU who's overrated right now. So Georgia, number one, the winner of the, the game will be number two and we'll keep that because they're going to beat Iowa. I think those two are like set and safe. Um, it's, then probably got, much, it's probably a little too much to ask A&M to, to beat LSU at home this weekend, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows though? Like weirder yeah. shit has happened in this sport and like Jimbo's this is their last, last stand. Game. Right. It's their last game. Like it, it would not redeem their season, but that would be hilarious. So yeah, let's see it, Jimbo. Um, but yeah, let's just say those two are set. Like, LSU is going to lose. We're not worried about them too much. I think Bama's clearly done. They're going to get no, no plaudits for beating Auburn this weekend. Um, and already like Bryce young is not answering questions, you know, with clean answers about, is he going to play in their bowl game? So he's probably going to opt out and go to the draft. So um, yeah, that's Bama. I just think like it's, it all comes down to TCU and USC like TCU plays Iowa state and then they're going to get K state in the big 12 title. USC plays Notre Dame. Then they're going to get probably Oregon or Washington. I think Clemson just needs one of those two to break in the next two weeks. That's four games. We need one result. And then we need a decisive Ohio State victory. Then I think Clemson's going to have a good case, provided we take care of business, to get in in the four seed. And I think it actually does look really good for Clemson this weekend with two of these games. Um, uh, certainly the USC-Notre Dame game. USC has absolutely no defense um they're a high scoring offense but notre dame has a really good defense and when they go up yeah, of course keep defenses, keep, they can put up points um right I know keep caleb williams on the bench like run the ball like you did against yeah. us play and good again, defense i know it's on the road but you know usc is not an intimidating atmosphere um and notre yeah. dame is very used to playing an intimidating atmosphere so i don't think that's going to phase them um the other game is the tcu iowa state game now i know you're going to say iowa state is you know, four and seven on the season, one and seven in conference, but their seven losses have a no loss has been by more than than a touchdown, more than seven points. And the yeah. average the the average margin of loss is four over those seven games, four points. So this is well, they have a, they have a top 10 defense, Ben. No yeah, one knows this. It, yeah, Iowa State is out. And this is so this is certainly one where TCU could be looking ahead to a Big 12 championship game and. You know, Iowa State comes and sneaks up on you, especially you know TCU coming off of that, the the emotions of the close win uh, against Baylor last week. Right. So, you know, anything can happen, especially this year. Um, we'll be paying close attention to both of those games. Um, the TCU game being, you know, let's see, that's a four o'clock game Eastern time. 
And then the USC game, that must be later in the evening. It's, I think it's a night game. Yeah, that's going to be usually. a 7.30 Eastern. So, yeah. Um, you know, let's get, yeah, get our game over with and then go out and Clemson just still this. needs to take care of business, but that right. playoff is still a very strong possibility. Um, yeah, it is, does not, um, it does not escape me how the, the playoff committee has put themselves um, in position by ranking LSU five to easily be able to usher them in um, as a second team into the playoff. Um, if they win the sec now, if they go and if they do beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, I, I, I have a hard time keeping both Georgia and LSU out of there. Um, if LSU loses that SEC championship game by one point, by 30 points, I don't care. They're definitely out. Um, yeah. Three losses. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It, what I don't like though, about where they've put LSU then, if we're going to do this, they got their ass kicked by Tennessee and that, that loss now is taken on a worse shine. Considering the the Carolina. And they also lost Florida State, which everyone c- continues to forget because, you know, short of everyone will say, oh, Clemson only beat them by six points. Number one, it was on the road. Number two, FSU scored 14 points in severe garbage time. Like that was a 20 point Clemson win for the most part, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Florida State so, is the 16th ranked team, too. Yeah, it's absurd. They're only doing it to do exactly what you said, which is in the off chance that LSU does beat Georgia, that they're going to it's not like they would move them up like eight spots to be able to get them in. So this is a moment where I'm just choosing not to fret or panic too much from what the rankings say, but I've read, read some tweets, read people out there talking about like, if we're still behind sec teams with two losses, only having one loss ourselves, like there's no way we're getting in. I think this committee is going to move things around and you will see us jump a lot of these teams. You know, if they end up with two losses or three losses, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about us getting up into the into the fourth seed. Yeah. Provided what needs to happen with TCU or USC or Michigan or Ohio State, like as long as those things play out and losses happen and we win, I think we're in good shape. So if Clemson wins out, we automatically surpass Alabama. Alabama has one game left against Auburn uh, yeah. this weekend, and who cares what they do against Auburn? Um, uh, ACC championship Clemson with one loss uh, opposed to Alabama's two is going to jump Alabama in that case. So the question then becomes, um, so that let's say that it puts us to seven, that puts us in LSU, LSU loses their third game, move us up to six. If USC loses one more game, um, yep. whether it be, uh, now or in the PAC 12 championship game, um, we move ahead of them by virtue of them having two losses. Um, and I think, it, yeah, it, it kind of depends on what they do in that Pac-12 championship game, maybe because those two losses, if it comes to Notre Dame and then earlier in the season to a good Utah team, but I still have, a, I don't I think you a, put two loss USC over us. Yeah. Like I just don't They're especially because our losses to Notre Dame as well. So that's, that's yeah. a scratch. And then they have one more yeah. loss. Right. So uh, USC needs to lose one of uh, uh, either one of their two last games. LSU right. obviously has to lose. And then finally, um, TCU loses um, a game, they're gone. Um, yeah. And, and between Michigan and Ohio State, there's going to be a loss there. So the question I think really becomes what happens in this Ohio State Michigan game? Does Ohio State squeak by? Does Michigan win this game? Um, that could put a damper on Clemson's playoff hopes. Um, right. And then I think if Michigan just needs one loss, Michigan it's wins. easy to find a loss with the rest of these teams. Yeah, if Michigan wins, that's probably a worst case scenario for us because yeah, maybe a dagger because like I just don't know that they put like Ohio State has handled its schedule other than Michigan at this point. Like kind of a close call against Maryland, you know, for the most part took care of business otherwise. Like kind of a close uh, call against Penn State, but that was on the road. Not going to penalize them against Northwestern Western with like 50 mile per hour wins. Right. Yeah. For sure. That'll be forgiven. So it that's the that's the tough one. Um, but that then what you need to happen, I wouldn't say that's a dagger, but then you absolutely need both TCU and USC to lose, um, yeah. lose a game. So yeah, I mean, that's true. All it becomes easier totally, if Ohio state wins. It could totally end up being a Georgia, Ohio state, Michigan, Clemson. Um, it could yeah. be Georgia, one of those two teams. Um, right. And, and they probably wouldn't put the Sierra Clemson. Like there's a lot of combinations yeah. where we actually make it work. The unfortunate part uh, now is 
that uh, destiny is not in our own hands, but that right. said, Clemson still does need to uh, control what they can control. And that would be winning these last two games, hopefully uh, not just, you know, getting by um, a small margin victory, but actually, um, you know, handily defeating the last two teams here, the last two, um, you know, then who would you, let's say we're out of the playoff from the Carolinas. Yeah. Let's say we're out of the playoff. Let's say just the breaks don't go our way. It is what it is. Um, and there's worthy teams above us. So we're not feeling too down about it. Who would you rather play in the orange bowl LSU or Alabama? Cause I think that's the option right now. Like it'd be the highest ranked non-playoff sec team. Uh, the question is there who's going to play harder. Um, right. So if, if Bryce Young is already wishy-washy on not playing in this game, I can yeah. like, I, I don't, I almost don't want to play like an Alabama team with, with like a backup quarterback and like half their team gone. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to see us go up against a team that kind of gives a shit, you know? And I think that might be LSU just because, you know, they did start the season with a loss and nobody was really right. sure how this season was going to go with Brian Kelly. And they certainly exceeded expectations. Yeah. Um, so, and it would be nice to get revenge on LSU. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be equal revenge, um, but sure. you know, from the national championship game um, in yeah. New Orleans, you know, that would yeah, I think be- that's my answer. I think LSU would be my answer. Um, yeah. Can't really bank on Bama. And we've played Alabama enough over the past several years that, you know. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Go back up against LSU. Well, Regardless, Ben, we just spent, you know, 10, 15 minutes breaking down a potential Clemson path to the playoff. Like, go back a year. That was not the case. So um, great to be in it here through 10, 11 weeks of this season, you know, to be still in the hunt for that thing. Obviously, we don't control our destiny, but it's something that um, I'm not going to take for granted. It's exciting. And to all the all the people out there being like, oh, we're, we're just going to get our ass kicked by Georgia or Ohio State, like, you don't know that you don't really know, you know, with, with enough preparation and weird stuff happens. And even if we do, like, it's still an accomplishment to make it into that final four um, helps with recruiting, helps with national yeah. clout, get some revenue into the program. And it's ask yourself, have, have you seen this Clemson team get better on both sides of the ball as years gone along? Aside from the turnovers I, and yeah. offense, I would say right. yes on the offensive side of the ball and absolutely on the defensive side of the ball. So what's to say, over the next two games and then another month off or, you know, three or four weeks off for, for bowl practice. What's not to say that they continue to improve. Um, so we, we need to Absolutely. do a better job at enjoying 10 and one, one loss regular seasons um, because it is pretty phenomenal to, to, um, to put these types of seasons together. And normally we would say, yeah, well, it's the ACC schedule, blah, blah, blah. But the strength of schedule and the strength of record for Clemson this year is actually really good. It's better than some of the teams ahead of them. We haven't said it yet, Ben. 8-0 in the conference. Like, I know it's implied or inferred, just the loss to Notre Dame. But, like, still, you know, how many 8-0 seasons has Clemson had in its history of being in the ACC? Like, yeah. not that many. It's Probably new- three or four only. From so- 6-2 in the conference last year. Right. The opportunity. So no, it's, I don't know. Congratulations to the team, coaching staff, you know, to us, the fans. This is something to to be appreciated, no doubt. Uh, but let's go win the state championship, huh? Yep. Start with that, then, then win the conference. All right, Ben. Well, uh, yeah, an exciting weekend of college football. It's already started with some action last night, more again tonight. We've got the Egg Bowl tomorrow. Some pretty solid games coming up on Friday. There's Florida, Florida State, uh, the Arizona, Arizona State game. There's like Cincinnati against Tulane. So good college football before we even get into Saturday. There's obviously also the World Cup going on. There's some NFL. So pretty good kind of Thanksgiving weekend coming up from a sporting perspective. Uh, but yeah, the Palmetto Bowl, I don't know if people all call it that. It's a convenient name for the game. You know, that's going to be at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. on Saturday. Um, kind of excited to have our game early and then we just get, move into spectator mode for some of the games that we've got skin in the game on later in the day. Um, so, yeah, should be fun. We'll be back early on next week to recap the action. Um, probably get Jarrett and Cody back on the show at some point here coming up. Um, you got anything else? 
No, man, just everybody enjoy their Thanksgiving, enjoy time with your family or not enjoy time with your family. It depends on how much you like your family. Um, but, you know, take some time off, enjoy the football and yeah, just, you know, appreciate this, this, this football season. It's, you know, you, you can't always go undefeated and clearly be the best team in the country. It's actually less fun if you are that. Just, you know, look at Alabama. Um, it hasn't how miserable they are with two losses. You thought we were miserable with three losses last year. I think, they, I mean, do they even care at this point? Um, no, probably bad news. Um, yeah. So just appreciate it and get behind these young kids that are out there on the field who are giving their all for, you know, 13, 14, 15 games a year, not to mention the spring practices and the off-season workouts. Like, you know, even though you don't see a zero in that loss column, it still means something and um, <clears throat> support this team. Still, well, and ben, I, every goal, yeah, every goal, a national championship is still absolutely possible this year. Not going to happen, but it's still possible. And that's saying a lot with one regular season game left. It's huge. I'm I'm also while we're talking about it, I'm thankful to have a stable coaching staff. Like we'll we'll be in here criticizing assistants, that kind of thing. But how many programs and teams are out there worried about their head coach staying, like Ole Miss, or worrying about who they're gonna hire, like Nebraska and Auburn? Like good to have a stable program with good leadership at the top that I don't think is going anywhere for a long time. And you know, we're still in the middle of a really solid run here. So let's enjoy it. Cool. Well, with that, um, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You know where to find us on your favorite podcasting app of choice for the Clemson podcast. If you have not yet done so, please go leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews are how the podcast gets discovered. Also, feel free to tell a friend or a family member when you're with them this weekend. Appreciate that. You can find us also on social media. If you prefer to watch instead of listen to the podcast, you can do that over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Clemson podcast. Shout out to Cody for getting these cut up and uploaded to YouTube. Um, really been impressed with some of the viewership numbers we've seen over there. So thank you to all of those who've gone over there and watched our, our channel. Ben, I'm going to wrap it up there. And as always, go Tigers. Go Tigers.